Hey, welcome to Textual Healing. I'm your host, Mallory Smart. On today's podcast, I'll be interviewing Gora Shaker from No Contact. She is a literary writer and founding editor of No Contact. She also interviews for Malden House and is an assistant editor for X-Ray. On this episode, we discussed music festivals, COVID, and how getting your name spelled wrong is almost a rite of passage at Starbucks. We also hit on rad subjects like musician memoirs, Kiss, Steely Dan, and Jenny Lewis. We also touch briefly on sad girl music and whether it's actually a genre or a feeling. If it is a genre, we definitely believe that Lana Del Rey is its president. Not wanting to say every random thing we discuss in this episode, because believe me, we get random. I think it's time to start the show. Okay, so you psyched to start? Yeah, I haven't spoken to anyone that didn't live with me or doesn't live with me in a very long time. So I'm sorry if this gets awkward. Oh, there's no awkwardness here. It's going to be great. So how are things on your end? Good. Um, I finally built the desk in the new apartment. We just moved from New York to Richmond, and we're just settling in. It's nice. It's nice to have space. I dig it. I dig it a lot. We moved this year, and we're thinking of moving again. The hatred of the building manager is enough to make us want to leave. No, that makes sense. I would move, too. Um, Are you thinking of moving within Chicago or... Okay, this is going to like make you laugh and it's the funniest thing, but my boyfriend and I were like just kind of looking across the street. We're thinking of moving <laughs> across the street. That's fair. I know. And like it's owned by the same people who originally owned this building when we first moved in. And apparently the building manager there is the old building manager who was very nice and friendly. Oh my God. I don't think we're the That's only incredible. people in this building who are going to do this. It's, it's great because then you can have your Black Lives Matter banner on your window and she can look at it from across the street. I think it's perfect. Exactly. Just be like, hey, bitch, I'll make it bigger. Yeah, as you should. I should like just get like a huge like banner and drape it over my balcony. You should. I'm all for it. I'm not the only one in the complex who has one, so I don't know why she keeps, like, coming at me. I think it's because I'm the person who goes down, like, in the mailroom the most, and that's, like, right next to her office, because that's usually right. where I have to get the books that uh, people pick up, uh, send over for me to review. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So, sh- she doesn't like me, <laughs> but I don't really give a shit. I, I just can't, like, wrap my head around the idea, you know, or, like, why people would be so interested in other people's business. Like, how does it affect anybody else? Well, the only answer we could think of, and uh, I'm not entirely sure, her job, obviously, is, one, to manage the building, and then, two, she's supposed to fill the building and lease out apartments. And I think she's afraid that either the sign is going to keep people from wanting to be in this building knowing that there are very liberal people here or two she's just racist i can't tell yeah i mean i think it's one and the same thing if you're trying to like make sure your building's appealing to white supremacists it's like not not racism you know it's like 
I'm not the like most liberal person here. Like there are a lot of people with like pride flags and stuff and we wanted to get a pride one, but we just got lazy. We're like, we have one good thing in our window. We still have Christmas decorations on our balcony. So that's amazing. It makes me feel a lot better. We were like packing up our Christmas decorations in March. I would say that's actually closer to what we did last year. God. Except um, it was a, an actual live Christmas tree and it didn't die. Like it, That's amazing. We even just kept saying like, we'll throw it away when it dies. And then finally we moved out of that building and man, it just did not die. I spent an entire childhood of my mom and dad like buying Christmas trees and they're like, it dies after a month or so. And I just kept sending them pictures on Snapchat, like still going. Yeah, you can't throw out a perfectly good plant. I mean, I kind of like the idea of a Christmas tree as a house plant. It really did turn into that because we took down the decorations off of it. We just kept the tree. <laughs> and I could tell you it was particularly awkward because I actually sold a lot of the stuff. We do it every time we move where we almost entirely sell all the furniture we had in that old apartment. And then we just buy new stuff that fits the new apartments we live in. So I actually had someone from like, was it like, I think they ordered from Facebook marketplace and they're going to get our Ikea couch. And it's a hard one to explain when like, they're just looking around. They're like, why is a Christmas tree still up? Hey, it's just like, we're quirky people. I don't know. What's the other explanation for it? Or just like lazy. People just assume that. Like they were yeah. definitely like baby boomers. And it's really oh weird. Because you know they're the ones who are always looking for a deal. <laughs> and like <laughs> I just want to be like, see, don't I fit the stereotype? Like I'm perfect. <laughs> yeah. Man, I used to know, like I think my neighbor growing up um, had a Christmas tree like a plastic because we I grew up in Indonesia and um next to our house there was this guy who like had his Christmas decorations up forever like throughout the year it was just it was really interesting and it was an artificial tree so there was no like it wasn't going to go bad or anything yeah. it's just strange we're gonna do artificial trees for now on um up until we get a bigger place I mean we have a one bedroom right now we technically could fit like a full-size Christmas tree but Mm, it's a lot of work. Yeah, the artificial artificial tree doesn't have the smell, but it is so much easier to like fold up and like put away. And also, I notice it's a thing with my cat, and I wonder if dogs are the same way. She is always super intrigued by the actual like living trees. She's like giving me death stares right now as we speak. I say, <laughs> I say, cat, and she's like, "That's my name. Hi, what are you doing?" Oh my god. She's adorable, by the way. Thank you. I, she's not very adorable today. She's been a shithead, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, dogs. Um, I think dogs just see all the all the ornaments on the tree as toys. So um, we actually like got a plastic one that was much shorter last year. So like our dog wouldn't try to go for the to- the ornaments, thinking they were toys. But yeah, they just like try to like um, paw baubles down, and it's. It's all sorts of nuisance. So I don't know what we're going to do this year. See, I can't wait until we get a dog. We can't get one currently because Starbuck is very territorial. Um, (laughs) I think she'd be mean 
to the dog. <laughs> um, I, I, we had yeah. a dog that lived with us in our last place because my boyfriend's sister lived with us. And she had like one of those tiny dogs. I don't know what kind it was. It was white. It was fluffy. It was like hand-sized. And I thought my cat was going to kill that dog every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I almost said my boyfriend's sister's name. And in the rush of it, I was almost going to mess it up. But I'm just going to go for it. Malak. It's only because she's the kind of person who does not correct you when it comes to the pronunciation of her name. But I thought actually talking about how people pronounce their names would be really cool for you since you said that you've had that problem in the past. My name? Yeah. Yeah, it's Gora. So it just, it literally just like is spelt, uh, is pronounced the way it's spelled. Um, but yeah, people have a really hard time with it. Um, it's also just strange because most of the time I'm talking with PR people and writers. So it's just like, how hard is it to copy paste or like pay a little bit of attention to like six letters? See, I immediately assumed that that was how it was. But my boyfriend, which is so fucking ironic, who has a hard to pronounce name was like, Guara. I was like, mm. yeah, that's what I get all the time. It's just so it's where does that come from? It's funny because, like, maybe if the U became, like, was before the A, I would get it. But no. Yeah, I think it's people just, that's how they misspell it, too, most commonly. It's Guara. It's the U before the A. They always get the extra A right. But, yeah, it's strange. My computer keeps doing, like, auto-correct, and it keeps giving you double R's as well. And it's like, God yeah, damn Yeah, I got book. that. I have no idea why it's so difficult and why autocorrect hates me. I didn't even know autocorrect did that to names. I guess I just have it off on my computer. But, yeah, I get Gora with the two R's. I sometimes get just, like, random new alphabets thrown in there. Um, And I think on an average, like, I get four or five misspellings a day. And it's just, like, it's really disheartening because I feel like I double and triple check everybody's names like to a point where it really makes me slow. Um, But yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's like, it's not, I mean, it would be one thing if my, if my name was misspelled at like Starbucks, but it's just like, you're contacting me for a professional reason. And you're someone who's supposed to pay attention to words because that's your job. (laughs) So it's just disheartening. I love when people misspell names at Starbucks. As I said, um, my (laughs) boyfriend gives a fake name. His fake name is Brad. Brad. I just say my middle name because I just am like, I've gotten so many misspellings of Mallory. I'm always like, I actually give them tips if they get it right on the first try. Like, I'm just like, you really should not be working here. You should get a better job. You're smart. But (laughs) I just use my middle name, Lynn, because it's like, how hard is that one to fuck up? But I have had people fuck it up. Man, um, it's, it's, I don't, it's like a rite of passage. I don't think you're ever supposed to get your name right at Starbucks. Um, I feel like that there's something cosmically wrong with the universe because my, I have a friend whose name is London Green. So she always says like London, like the city green, like the color and they still mess it up. And it's just like, there's no hope for the rest of us at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It's just Starbucks. 
I think it's like a rule, like you have to do it like every fifth customer or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, they're like, it's really hard to work as a barista. Like it sucks. I've done it. Um, and I don't know. I like, I wouldn't give anybody like that shit. It's just annoying when it's over email. I like just Starbucks when you could just mobile order. Cause I just be like, I'm Mallory. Oh my God. Cause yeah. I always give the name easily. I have become a regular at my Starbucks, so they'll never misspell it, even if I like <laughs> order there. Yeah, there's a Starbucks directly across the street too. So if Man. I move there, I'll have the Starbucks right next to me. Yeah, our last apartment was across the street from a Starbucks too. And I remember like on my way to class, I would just sometimes be lazy and just order it um from the phone and the barista like gave me a whole like talking to after that being like, you have some serious social anxiety. Like I see you every day placing the order right outside the store. Why can't you just come and have a conversation? Yeah. I don't know. I I hate it when they try and get conversational. I mean, as a barista, do, do they make you do it? Like, are they like talk with them more? Yeah. I mean, I didn't work at a Starbucks. I worked at, um, this terrible fucking place called Gorilla Coffee in Park Slope. Um, and this was a few years ago, but so like my job was essentially to take orders and try to make enough conversation to sell the pastries. And if I, any more than that would be like an annoyance and they'd like dock my tips, but so I had to make just the right amount of conversation that would lead them to buy food, but not enough to like stall and, you know, increase the wait time for the next customer it was terrible it's a fast-paced environment so yeah and people get really bitchy if you keep them waiting for their coffee <laughs> yeah i mean and try opening at like 5 30 in the morning it's just like really rough i feel guilty about it because that's uh i wake up really early now because my boyfriend he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning to go to work yeah we used to actually go that's to bed <laughs> closer to that time but damn, we became morning people. But I am that like six o'clock run to Starbucks person. But yeah, they know me. They know my order. And like, I don't have to like, COVID restrictions had it over by us. I don't know if they had it by you where you could not go directly to the mobile order area. You had to tell your name and then they would lead you, like point out the mobile order area. But I no longer have to do that. They're just like, Mallory, it's over here. I'm like, thank That's you. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. I see other people like waiting in line and they're like, do you have mine? My, my name is like Kelly. And they're like, I don't know. We'll check. <laughs> and then like That's they'll great. say protocol. Like uh, you have to check in there. And I'm just like, ha, you should become a regular. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way to do it. Yeah. I don't know. Starbucks is definitely not my favorite, but it's the only one really nearby here. I mean... We don't have a lot of local shops. I prefer indie coffee shops. But at least Starbucks is consistent, whereas a lot of indie places yeah. aren't. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think I think it's always that for me, too. Though it's, I don't know, it's like I don't really order coffee in as much because, you know, it's like I want it first thing in the morning and stuff. But, yeah, it's mostly when you're on the go. It's just like a reliable option that isn't like, ridiculously overpriced i don't know in new york like every other coffee shop um in in the vicinity was like six dollars for a cold brew or like six dollars for just a regular cup of coffee um it's just like insane i would say that that's around the similar price here 
in Chicago. Yeah, I, I'm so grateful that my boyfriend doesn't listen to this podcast often because he's like, you spent too much coffee, uh, too much money on coffee. And I just <laughs> straight up lie to him and I'm like, no, I'm making it at home. Don't worry. Like, Oof, yeah, I get that. We literally have every coffee making appliance known to man here. And I think he's like, we have an espresso machine, an aero press, a French press, a regular brew thing, a cold brew thing, and a pour over. He's like, what else do you need? I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I just don't want to make it. Just an IV drip, um, caffeine. Yeah, that's really funny. I just, um, I a while ago, I wrote a story where that this was an actual plot point where like the the narrator. Um, buys this really expensive like coffee brewing alarm clock and her husband like finds out and like they have a whole fight about it because she's spending way too much money on like a coffee brewing alarm clock which is ridiculous oh my god that's actually on my amazon wish list right now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i love that for you i think you should do it yeah i think i should too oh my god i actually had it um my boyfriend he's a truck driver And he actually did OTR, which meant that he really didn't kind of live with me for about like 18 months. So during that time, I lived my life to the fullest and I just had the coffee pot right next to my bed. Oh my God. And like, I just turn it on the minute like the first alarm goes off. I'm just like, it'll be made. So good times. Yeah, for sure. I've I've definitely done that before too. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I I feel like now I've, definitely reached the age where like if I don't have coffee at a certain time I'm gonna get a terrible headache and it's just gonna persist throughout the day so it's just like getting it at the right time can make or break my morning and day I'm uh, finally getting off steroids I just had the one surgery like a month ago and I hated when the doctor put me on that because again he was just like you should lay off the coffee and I just immediately went to my psych who gives me medicine I was like let's just up the anti-anxiety medication and then I could still drink coffee (laughs) priorities I know and even she was just like is it necessary I was like if you want me to be sane and I think that's your job so yeah yeah are you okay now like have you recovered from the surgery uh yeah I'm definitely yes I've recovered no pain (laughs) but that's good it's funny, like I was like totally healed for like two straight weeks and then suddenly the problem came back. But apparently um, it was just a really bad allergy moment and I had, I don't know, like leftover inflammation from the surgery. I don't know if like I even explained it online. It was a sinus surgery. And this is actually really fascinating because um, they weren't able to complete the entire surgery they had to go into my ethmoid region and I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I didn't either. Like he was like pulling out like a picture of like the sinuses and everything. And he was like, even giving me the paperwork. He's like, so possible side effects, um, brain bleeds, loss of vision. And I was like, what the fuck? I thought we were doing my nose, but I guess that uh, sinus is very close to like in between the eye and the brain. I was like, I didn't even know that there are that many sinus regions. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I remember like, um, when you get your nose pierced, it's like connected to a nerve. So immediately, even if you're not feeling all that much pain, like a single tear drops from your eye. 
guess it's all connected. See, that's like the one piercing I would never get. No, there are a lot of piercings I would never get. I, I would say it's one of, it's probably one of the more innocuous ones. I feel like you can wear that to work and be okay. Yeah. And then obviously like you're just going to go old fashioned earrings and that's all I do. I have my ears pierced, but my mom was actually like complaining about it the other day. She's like, you're so insistent on getting that. And I never see you wear earrings. And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'm just too casual now. We're in a pandemic. It's like hard. It's hard to put on real clothes, let alone accessories. I put on like pseudo office wear, but usually it's just like a top and then I'll be wearing pajama bottoms. Like that is. Yeah, that's the way to do it. It's really the only way I know how to do it. And um, my actual therapist caught on only a couple of weeks ago because we've been doing um, teletherapy, which is basically, I can't yeah. call it Zoom because it's not actually like Zoom because that's not HIPAA compliant. I don't give a fuck, but whatever. And she was just like, you're not fully dressed, are you? And I was like, no, I, I've got shorts on. Like, we're good. <laughs> I just look fine from the top up. I think that's, I mean, I, I just assume that's what most people are doing. Um, I feel like I keep seeing tweets that like no one's put on jeans in, in, in a year and like nothing fits them anymore. Um, so I assume we're all like in good company at the very least. Yeah, we're never going to know how to be around people anymore. It's funny. I've been around a lot of people, but it's because I had COVID very early on. I was one of the first people in our state to get it so wow congrats I know it's like such bragging rights where I'm just like hey everybody who's totally <laughs> sick I helped bring it to you hope you're all proud but I actually spread it to most of my family too so um we've been having <laughs> celebrations on um, March 4th of that year so you, it was like very new at that point yeah you wouldn't you didn't even know probably no and it's so funny my boyfriend had it way worse than I did and it's his fault personally he was not living with me really at the time like I was picking him up just so he could come live with me permanently like again and I remember that day of, I was like, you really just probably want to wait an extra day. I feel terrible. I feel sick. I can't make the drive because he was like two hours away. And he was just like, I'm not waiting another day. I need you to come get me. Three days later, he was just like, I hate you. You did this to me. <laughs> you warned him. I warned him like every 10 minutes, like I was driving. Like I was just like, I can't do this. Get an Uber and meet me on the side of the highway. <laughs> But I made it, and then I was sick the rest yeah, of the I'm day. Yeah, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad, too. It's one of those things where, like, you hear horror stories of how bad other people had it, which is funny because most of the people in my family had it really bad, and I didn't have it as bad as they did, and I have the worst immune system in the family. So, And I'm also one of the only people in my family who has asthma. And I'm just like, Ooh, wow, how did that work out? But it did happen where like the one, one really bad night, every breath I took, I was just like, and this is the dying breath. This is where I go. That's terrifying. It's just like, I don't know. The more stories I hear, the more I'm just like nervous about it. Can you get the um, vaccine? 
Yeah, I just got my first dose, but I also, um, I got my first dose like a few days ago um, and it actually like knocked me out pretty good. Um, it was, I had like fever dreams for a couple of nights and like my arm, I couldn't really move it. <laughs> Gotta love those fever dreams. Hell yeah. yeah. I had those when I had it. <laughs> <laughs> They're awful. Mine was like seriously like the intro to American Horror Story. <laughs> I just was seeing the most disturbing things. <laughs> My boyfriend didn't get that yeah. uh, thing, but instead he actually cracked his ribs from coughing. Oh my God, that's terrifying. See, I didn't have the worst case. I didn't even know that was possible. Yeah, he still actually has a cough. And to go back, and this is where we like end up with the tangent, is the surgery, they weren't able to complete it because I had <laughs> a calcified polyp in my nose that turned out to be staph from an infection. And my doctor asked, he's like, were you really sick maybe about a year ago? Cause it seems like this has been like lasting for a year. And I was just like, I had COVID a year ago. Oh my God. And he was just like, Oh shit. Then it was probably that, like that infection. <laughs> and I was like, thank Holy you so shit. much and- for like removing it. But seriously, so God, yeah, it's terrifying. And I keep hearing that, that like somebody, I think it was like another tweet that went viral or something. It was, um, someone on the, on the eve of their second dose, like got COVID. So it's just like, you never know. Yeah. Actually in general, the vaccine isn't totally preventative of it, but that's just vaccines in general. I'm actually yeah. really scared because I was reading that, um, people who have already had COVID, the first shot actually is supposed to be worse for us and it's supposed to be actually worse than COVID. And I was like, Oh hell no, but I can't get my vaccine yet until um, I'm off the steroids from the surgery, which has been, I'm happy. I'm I'm witnessing everyone else get it testing the waters. Yeah. Yeah. I know. That's good. And I feel like the antibodies last like six months, right. From getting COVID. Yeah, um, that is actually the very fun aspect. Um, (laughs) What happened is I tested positive for COVID. I definitely had it. But I want to say like two months afterwards, I was just like, fuck it. I'll get the antibody test just to make sure we're good. No, I I did not. Really? Yeah, that's how bad my immune system is. Oh, my God. Like the doctor was just like. I'd use extra precaution. You might be able to get it again. And I was just like, yeah, I'm shy anyways. I'm not going to see anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So good times. Oof. Yeah. Th- that is the millennial thing. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> or is it Gen Z that say- says that now? I don't know. I, d- I thought it was just like a thing that everybody says. I didn't realize there was a generational like attribute to it, I guess. Yeah. Apparently there is. Because I said it like on Easter and my brother is like, God, you and that millennial bullshit again. I have (laughs) only older siblings and yeah, I am their stereotypical millennial sister. And I was like, "Eh, I don't think it's a millennial thing, but they're like, no, it's it's a millennial thing. (laughs) But then when I said it to my niece and she's definitely Gen Z, she was just like, no, that's our thing. And I was like, "Uh, you can't claim our words. I don't know. That's so strange. I just assumed that's a thing that everybody said of all ages, but. I think it's because we're online a lot. 
So I think so too. Yeah. Like that's all we interact with. I mean, are you finding boomers on Twitter that you talk to? Cause Thank I sure as fuck don't. No. no, I think that's where they're, they're, they're all on Facebook now. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to explain that to my dad. Cause he's like, I keep trying to talk to you on Facebook. And I was just like, Oh, I just deleted the app and I don't even go on, on my computer. <laughs> anymore and I was just like it's cut it's because all of you are on it now I switched to different platforms and he's like which one and I was like I'm not saying <laughs> yeah it's just I think Facebook is just literally all the parents and the uncles and like those people from high school who are still posting every update about their life and breakups and I don't know one of the worst days of my life is when I found out that my sister made a Twitter account and she's been responding <laughs> to some of my tweets and I'm like, shit, all my older tweets. I, <laughs> I, I make fun of her horribly. <laughs> Is she going to listen to this? Oh God, no, she doesn't. My nieces will. <laughs> I think she's a little jealous that I'm closer to her daughters than she is, but <laughs> <laughs> they'll listen to it. And now that I said it, now they're never going to let her hear it. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Pretty good. I know. I just got to slip something in to prevent people, like, blackmail them and to be like, ah, silence, okay. But they don't want her on Twitter either. Like, my niece has a Stan account, and my other niece, hers is locked. And I was just like, there you go. Keep her off of it. And they're like, you should lock yours too. And I was like, no, I can't actually for, like, what I do. Like, for Malden House and everything. Like, I can't just lock that. So I just had to, like... Filter out family complaints or complain about people that I know she already hates. So she'll just be like, yeah, they suck. Yeah. And I feel like after after a lot of like non-interactions, you end up just leaving the platform anyway. Yeah, I think. I don't know. She's very off and on on it. I think she just wants to spy and lurk a little bit Ooh. as older siblings do. <laughs> I know my brother actually has one, but he never goes on it. I have another brother who has it, and he lurks, and then he'll occasionally, like, respond to shit. But I know he doesn't care enough to, like, tell anyone. And I never complain about him on Twitter, so good times. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But it's a sister I do complain about that just got one. I was like, shit, I can never say stuff about her again. Sometimes I do put, like, baiting things on there just to see if she will respond. <laughs> Um, does she No, for some of the stuff that I did to like bait her be like ooh, will she catch on to this and get angry um when I was sick she was supposed to come and watch me because I didn't want to like go to my family's house because god I hated living there and I, I just even if I'm horribly sick I just don't trust them to like take good care of me <laughs> like they, my mom is a very suck it up person and so my dad's mm -hmm. even worse so when my sister was going to come over, she sent her daughter instead, my 21-year-old niece. And she took good care of me. And then like a week later, she sent me like uh, Starbucks off of Uber Eats because she's like knowing that I didn't want to get up and move around and shit. So I did a one tweet where I was just like, my nieces are the sisters that I've never had. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting. I was like, one of them's going to say it. Someone's going to say something. But no. They liked it. They retweeted it. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> I don't know if my sister was just pissed off to the point where she wasn't going to say anything or she just missed it. 
Yeah, I'm surprised. Well, the ironic thing is that I'm actually closer in age to them than I am to my actual sisters. So we get each other a bit more. No, that makes sense. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. With family, I think age is like quite a, I don't, I don't know, feels like a bigger distance. It's the thing is that my sister gave birth to her daughter at a very young age. Um, she's 40, but her daughter is 21. So as you can imagine, I'm only like nine years apart from her, but I'm 10 years apart from my sister. And it's just like, those are two very different generations. Like, do I want to talk to the Gen Z person or the Gen X person? Gen Z person. Definitely. Yeah. I'm like really happy about Gen Z in general. Like they just seem better about everything. Like they're more educated and like they know their social issues and can identify like bigger problems. It's, I don't know. I'm like happy I'm with where they're hell. going. Like seriously, they are so much more educated than I was at that age and they pay yeah. attention. And I was actually looking through the textbook the other day, my younger niece and this is how you know that America is a really shitty place when I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, a lot of this is oh, actually fa- factual. And my niece was like, what do you mean it's factual? It's a book. And I was like, you don't want to see what our history books look like. <laughs> like we were taught different things yeah, about seriously. Christopher Columbus and World War II. So. Yeah, it's all whitewashed. I mean, yeah, I feel like. I was in a different country and like our history books were like literally not even the history of the country we were in. It was just like European history. It was, it was crazy. I hate that we, we were taught basically just American history and then just the Western European history, but not much else or ancient civilizations, but we only kind of like tapped on that a little bit. So, I don't know. I eventually went on to learn a lot more because that's actually what I got my degree in was history. Right. So I I think I have a fairly good grounding in most of it, mainly because I was more intrigued by other cultures. And also my boyfriend's Turkish. So I was like, I need to learn more of that and more of that region. And most of my friends aren't white. So I was just like, I need to get your perspective more. So which makes sense as to why the Black Lives Matter sign. See? It comes full circle. Yeah. (laughs) But as for Gen Z, they're not only like cooler when it comes to being woke, but like I like looking at their playlist names. Like they have the weirdest ones. I mean. Do you have any examples? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely. My niece has one called Kids Bops. And I remember the commercials for that when I was younger, but they're not actually like kids bops they're just appropriate songs that she could play around the family oh my god i love that i know like so really it's like there's Billie eilish and five seconds of summer and panic at the disco she even has little nas on it and shit so these are family appropriate yeah i yeah. assume so basically but she's got some other like weird as shit ones um she just added a new one called calm but i was like i right. Let's see some other names. She's going to listen to us and be like, God damn it, Mallory. 
but she is like, did you see my bag? That's one name. I'm like, what the fuck? She has angst, ho-anthems, hopeless, because wow. it's you. <laughs> I'll search the universe, classic jams, which a little offends me just because most of them are 90s songs. Oh, my God. Don't say that. Yeah. What, what are classic jams? Like, what, what kind of music is considered classic now? Let's see. Um... I think this might make me so a little bit sad. Okay, let's like look through it a little because <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Um, okay, we have "Roll to Me" by Delamitri, "Kiss Me," "Sixpence," "None the Richer," a lot of Alanis Morissette, "Backstreet Boys," oh "How Dare She," uh, "Blink One Eighty Two," oh my god, and "Green Day." Uh, Blink 182 is in there. <laughs> it's funny. I remember, so like, sad. I was telling her we had Riot Fest and Blink 182 was going to be there. I was like, "You psyched? We're going to do it." And she's like, "They're an old band. Like, I don't care." That's like that really makes me sad. I was just talking about um, Blink 182 with Elliot yesterday, and we were talking about how, like, I was talking about how, like, it's been a while since we had like an album that you know that you. I guess this really ages me. It also shows my taste a little bit too much. Um, well, that's the point of the podcast. Yeah, like, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I really liked Blink, Blink growing up and I could listen. I mean, they were like jokey and like kind of this like California pop punk surf uh, or like skate band. But I mean, you could listen to their albums from start to finish. I, and enjoy them and it wasn't anything deep but it was enjoyable and it's just been a while since there was a band like that um you know and Elliot was just saying that it's 21 pilots that's that's pretty much what the equivalent of blink is today really and i don't know that that kind of sucks yeah i'm not very impressed i mean i like them people get like enraged if you say you don't like them I, but yeah really I can't oh, yeah. stand them. I feel like they're, I don't know, they really annoy me. I watched the uh, Grammys with my nieces a couple years ago, and uh, St. Vincent won instead of them. And they're like, we're never watching this shit again. Like, this is terrible. Uh, and I was just like, hey, I, I like St. Vincent. Go fuck yourself. I agree. I mean, it's just, I don't get it. Um, but I don't know if it's just like a generational thing. The only old band that I love that they like is MCR. And I was like, okay. Is MCR an old band? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't tell, like, based on how they discuss it <sighs> with me. Because, like, they, like, mentioned Welcome to the Black Parade and everything. Like, it's their generation. I was like, no. That came can't. out in 2006, right? Yeah. So I'm Am like, I crazy? That is, like, my music. That's not your music. <laughs> It's so funny. It's just like, it's sad to, it's, or I guess it just really puts things into perspective um, that it's considered an old album now. See, I, it feels like yesterday, so I'm still stuck in it. Yeah. I'm going to see them this September, hopefully, if Riot Fest does not cancel again. That's amazing. Is it the whole band or is it just Gerard? A whole band. They were doing that reunion last year. And Riot Fest was canceled. So I still have my tickets from last year, but they're adding on 
extra music too. I hate to admit I'm going to be seeing Smashing Pumpkins because I really love their music, but I hate oh my God. Billy Corgan. <laughs> yeah, he's the worst, but I've also... Um, they put on... I mean, I don't even know. The lineup changes like every year. I feel like every six months, I don't even know who's in the band anymore. But when I saw... I saw them like... <sighs> I guess 10 years ago now, but they were really good. Yeah, you were both old. <laughs> I hate that I can say that. See, I actually like, don't you hate it when you could actually mention like when you're friends with someone and be like, I've known them for over a decade. And it's like, holy shit, we're that age now. I, I hate that so much. Or like you'd be like, oh, this yeah. is my old friend from out of town. And it's like, what? How do you know these people? <laughs> Uh, it's so strange. Cause like, I, I guess I, this is probably stupid to say, but I like didn't get the memo that I've aged and I also still feel like a teenager. Um, so it's just like strange to realize that it's been a decade almost since I've been out of college or like since I was not, I'm not that old, but, um, <laughs> since it's been a decade since freshman year of college, it just seems weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. Freshman year of college for me. Um, that's when Occupy like really hit off big. I'd like to say that we were pretty cool with it, but our generation really failed <laughs> with that protest movement. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go leader, like not non-leadership. We really had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> and social media wasn't that like big then either. So organizing wasn't that awesome. No, I think, I mean, social media, I don't know. It's like, it sucks, but it also really helps sometimes. And I think it recently, especially, it really helps like call attention to what's important and organize mm -hmm. movements. Hell, I'm even so. seeing stuff like on TikTok and everything. I was like, dude, even the Gen Z kids, I think they're doing better at protests than us. I'm sure they are. Like we go with them, but they're the ones that are like, ready to lose their shit and set stuff on fire. And I'm like, all right, you burn the stuff. I'll, I'll just get you out of jail later. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I, I don't know what TikTok looks like at all. Um, you haven't done it. I haven't done it. And I, I'm like a little scared. Um, I have no idea what to expect from it. All the, all the TikTok videos that go viral on Twitter are really fun. Um, but I feel like I'm just going to be sucked into it. And I obviously am not going to post anything. I'll just be lurking. Yeah, that's um, what I do And like too. watching. <laughs> yeah, it's just like instead of reading, I'm just going to be, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I'm just like on my phone and I'm like taking like a short five minute break and like suddenly half an hour has passed and it's just like, it just sucks me in. It's kind of crazy. That's an oof moment because I was actually going to say like it passes by and I'm like, oh shit, it's been like two hours. <laughs> But yeah. It's so easy to like fall down that rabbit hole. But um, TikTok is basically based on algorithms. So you'll fall into whatever you are most interested in. So that's pretty cool. That sounds fun, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like my boyfriend and I, we are on totally different TikToks. He'll send me videos and I was like, that didn't appear on mine. And I'll then send him ones. And he's like, wow, you're on dark TikTok, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, I got the dark humor. That's pretty good. I have like all the suicide jokes and then occasionally cat TikToks. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm just going to end up on like celebrity TikTok. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I, I can't envision you on it, but then I 
I guess I just don't know what your daily life is. Are you really big into like following the celebrities in and out? No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> I don't, I hope not. I'm, I'm mostly on like lit Twitter. Um, but I don't know. It's like for, for whatever reason on Instagram, like my discover page is always like some celebrity and they're newborn. And I was just like, I didn't even subscribe to this. See, that's the algorithms. They're But uh, back to music, I saw, um, <laughs> I guess it was yesterday morning, I saw you liked it, and that's why it showed up on my Twitter, although I am also following Kevin Stern. He said, name me a perfect album from the last 10 years, but I noticed that you didn't respond to it. <laughs> Look, I feel like all of those things, I mean, all those threads, just like whatever opinion you state becomes controversial. So like, I don't want to put myself out there, but I, I appreciated his picks. I, I think he had a Big Thief album on there and I, I like Big Thief. Um, yeah, he has oh. that capacity by Big Thief. Yeah. That's a, it's a good record. I like them a lot. Um, yeah. I don't know. Of the last decade. It's tough. I have like a lot of albums I really like, but it just it feels wrong to like single down on one because I'm definitely going to change my mind about it. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I like On the Line a lot by Jenny Lewis. Um, I like Norman fucking Rockwell a lot. I think it's I was listening really to up that there for me. A lot this morning. Yeah. It's such a good album. I mean, I, I liked her new one too, but it's, um, I don't know. It just, I always want to go back to that one. I feel like Norman fucking um, Rockwell was better personally, but if you say that to other people, that's a controversial opinion. Is it? Yeah. From the people I've been talking to and they're like, no, 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 it's chemtrails. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I really don't think so. I like chemtrails a lot. Good. Um, that's what actually was intriguing to me. Cause on your playlist that you sent me, you put one white dress and I was like, that is a good one but she's done better. I do like that song a lot. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was making that playlist, I like had a lot of things I was tempted to add, but I wanted it to be a little coherent and not just like all over the place and like a terrible listening experience. Um, the random. Yeah. The I think <laughs> really, I like a consistent mood. Yeah. I guess it really depends on what listening vibe you're in at the time. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, it is kind of yeah, wild, like though. You have a lot of, like, female artists, ones that, like, I wouldn't call Riot Girl, like PJ Harvey, but also, mm. what genre is that, technically? PJ Harvey? Isn't it just, like, rock? Just regular, like, indie rock, rock, alternative? I feel like, I don't know, I feel like alternative just feels like a non-genre to me it's just like it is. alternative to what maybe that's dumb <laughs> um you definitely like jenny lewis because you have rilo kylie on here too yeah um i'm a i'm a big fan <laughs> i would stalk her i would yeah she's very i tried to once um i didn't actually but i definitely like loitered around her tour bus <laughs> she didn't come out um I was bummed, but she seems really cool. Um, I like her music a lot. I like, I grew up listening to it by Kylie and I don't know, every, every year or two, I have like another like love affair with a single by Kylie album. And then she thankfully keeps putting out new work and her, her solo work is really good too. 
Um, yeah, I could, I could like go on forever just about her. Um, but yeah, her last album was amazing. Um, I really like that one. Um, I don't know if it's my favorite album by her, but it's definitely up there. Um, I liked her last album, the Voyager a lot too. Um, yeah, just, I don't know. She's a good songwriter and I don't know. It feels like it's sort of like, um, I don't know. There's some, some albums when they come out, they feel like they've come out at the right time for you. And I think that's really important because it's not really about, you know, like a critical, the critical appeal of an album. It's really just about it hitting the right spot for you in that very moment. So I think it's sort of like that. I think Norman, Norman fucking Rockwell is like similar because it came out like right before the world kind of went to shit. Um, and it just, it just feels like it was written for the time. Oh yeah. I feel the best artists do. Um, I'm trying to remember if Jack Antonoff helped write any of that. I think he did. I, de- I know he definitely helped produce really? it. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's like all over the place. He's all over the place. I <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not like the biggest Jack Antonoff fan. Um, I know what irks me about him, but I it's because he dated Lena Dunham, but that's my controversial opinion. I hate her. But <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think everybody has, like, controversial... I mean, she just, like, sparks a lot of controversy, and I feel like that's, like, a defining characteristic for her. Um, there's all that stuff about the memoir, and I don't know. I'm not, like, the biggest fan, but I, like... I, I'll still watch Girls sometimes, and, like, I never leave feeling fulfilled, but there's just... I, I can't quite describe it. I'm not hate-watching it, but there's something... There are, like, moments of that show that feel like New York. Mm-hmm. I know it's supposed like it to be does like, a good job of, like the sex in the city of our generation. I know a lot of people describe yeah. it as that. I've never actually seen it. I've read her book and I saw her movie. Uh, I think it was like tiny furniture. Little, oh yeah. Tiny furniture. Yeah. Um, yeah. The book was a little weird. It, um, it was. And also, I don't know, I guess I'm not a huge fan of celebrity memoirs. There are only a couple. I like, they're mm-hmm. usually by musicians that I read, like uh, Hungry Makes Me a Modern Girl. That was, oh, I love that one. Yeah, Just Kids by Patti Smith. Those are great. Another good one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love celebrity memoirs. And I, I mean, I do mean music memoirs. I don't think, I think I've read like, I don't know, I feel like they're perfect, like airplane reading. Um and I don't know. I've read like Diane Keaton's, and that was good. Um, but yeah, like I'll have to check that out. It's yeah, it's good. It like talks about her life, um, like when she was young and like still like trying to um, book jobs and acting, and it was it was interesting. Um, but yeah, the I feel like the grittier they are, the better. Like Dirt is really good. Mm-hmm. The Motley Crue memoir. Um, and I was going to talk about Kiss a little little bit because i know like that's again like people have contra- people have controversial opinions about literally everything um and it's just like i don't i don't understand how that band of all bands is like so divisive i didn't realize people cared all that much honestly i didn't know it was that divisive until one time i was at a reading in miami and yeah i'm gonna say it drugs were involved again <laughs> but 
<laughs> one of the writers As said, like, I guess they're trying to divide people in the world to like, you're either this or you're either that. And they're saying you either love Kiss or you hate Kiss. And like, everybody actually agreed. And I was like, ooh, okay. I like Kiss. How about you? I like Kiss too, but I feel like my context um, is a little different because I, like, I obviously like new Kiss and like new Kiss songs growing up and they were, they were fine. But um, I started, um, I like stumbled upon Peter Chris's memoir, like, in college Mm -hmm. it was called all their all their memoirs have like really funny names that are just like a pun on kiss so i think um his was peter chris's memoir was called like makeup to breakup and gene simmons memoir was called kiss and makeup and they were all just like kind of like terrible it it was they were just like terrible stories about each other and like how destructive this band was and how often they would fight and I don't know I like started after reading all of them I really like Peter Chris's memoir I don't think it's perfectly written I don't think it's good writing but it's just so entertaining um but anyway so I like found out a lot of the songs that were written by Peter Chris were like actually my favorite Kiss songs and those songs I really like I don't really care all that much about their you know, other catalog. So which songs are those that you really, really like? I really, I I guess this is very corny, but I love Beth. Mm -hmm. Um, I love um, Baby Driver, like Hard Luck Woman. I think, um, I think Getaway was also Peter Chris. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Strange Ways and like Hooligan. I don't know. I feel like there's more heart to, Peter Chris's songwriting, which is a very specific opinion to have on Kiss and maybe not what you were looking oh, for. No, I, I'm actually like very happy that you're not the, the person who is just like, oh, they're so corporate. Like, yes, they were. But can we have an opinion here? It's just I don't know. The corporate stuff is like really I, I find it very amusing because like growing up, Kiss were on like the Scooby-Doo cartoons. Like they were there was like a whole Scooby-Doo Scooby we do a movie written about kiss really? which is i i don't know it's so funny i remember my brother had like action figures of them and just random shit like that so i was like yeah they're really heavy with the merchandise but i didn't know that <laughs> now i want to watch it i can't say it's good <laughs> but it's like another movie to just like i was gonna say as we i don't know if you're said, like, i like really weird cheesy movies so <laughs> There, yeah, it's definitely like one of those. It's it's just so strange. So like if, and like if you were to name sorry, a very divisive ahead. band, who would you name? Hmm. Of like you could either love them or hate them. A band. It could also be a musician in general. I would... I feel like Steely Dan's definitely up there, but I would say as an artist, I feel like I feel like people are coming around to Taylor Swift now, but there was definitely a time when t- liking Taylor Swift was considered very basic and like there was that whole movement of like poptimism mm-hmm. which was just like critics trying to like appreciate pop music and everybody's saying, "Hey, like no, that's mainstream." And then suddenly everybody's on the same page with Taylor Swift. So I guess 
that's not a conversation anymore. Um, I feel like it was yeah, until doing, this year. I mean, I, I found her very divisive. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, her, like, she was a country artist, and, like, obviously she was doing well because um, she was, like, on the top of the charts for most of her career. And then she released Red in 2012, which was, like, the... That was when she got Her break away from country. Uh, I liked Red a lot, actually. Oh, um, I thought on. the songwriting was... I thought it was really good. I I would say it's her strongest album. Really? Yeah, for sure. I, I really like Red. Um, of the older was, albums, I like Fearless. I kind of forgot I liked it until she just re-released it. Um, but I yeah. like the folklore. That's pretty awesome. That's probably her strongest in my opinion but that's because she finally seems to be on the same page as the rest of us i guess i i I feel like i just after like i feel like i really like fought for red around that time but it came out and like people were trying to be like super like this is too pop and this is too top of the charts and this isn't interesting enough about it um, but now it's just like, I'm kind of like tired of the discourse and I'm just like, folklore was fine. It was like catchy. It like had Taylor Swift songs on it. And I, I don't know if it like left a big impact for me. I don't know if it's an album that I'm going to be listening to again and again, but honestly, I feel like the subject of Taylor Swift has tired me. <laughs> well, she's definitely um, made it hard to ignore her this year. Yeah, I mean, cool it with all the midnight releases. <laughs> and now she's, I think people are saying that she's going to do 1989 again. It has like, geez, like, we already have it. I know you want more money, but you have already got a lot, a lot of money. I mean, as far as that whole Scooter Braun thing um, goes, I mean, good for her. Like that guy, what he did was like very scummy. Um, and I think it's shitty. Like people try to like steal work that you made from you. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm like dying to listen to another Taylor Swift album. My boyfriend, that's when it comes to like the heteronormativity or generals and everything. He's the big Taylor Swift fan in this household where I'm not. He actually made me go on a drive the other day. He's like, we're going to listen to Fearless, and you're going to like it. And I was like, all right. Oh, I love that. That's That sounds like a really good time, honestly. Yeah, like he was just like, don't worry, I'll buy you coffee too. And I was like, nah, all right, fine. <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. There's definitely a little bit of discourse when it comes to her. With Steely Dan, though, like I don't think enough people really are aware of that really i don't know i feel like we should just tweet that out later <laughs> please i'm curious now yeah i don't know it's like uh i really like steely dan but like they kind of have i guess they're like considered dad rock which fine that's fair um they also definitely yeah, they have like, yacht rock too yeah all right, I'll, I'll let you have that one. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, they're just, like, kind of put into these, like, genres, and they're just, like, okay, there are people, there clearly is, like, the idea of a kind of person who listens to Steely Dan, and then there's this whole, like, I guess most people are just, like, put off by them being dead rock, and, like, this is not for me, essentially, is what they assume, and I don't know, it's also, like, they have that reputation of being kind of assholes when it comes to, like, sound and, like, recording the same song, like, a million times to get it right, because they're um, they're like really good studio musicians, but I feel like it's not considered considered all that cool to like Steely Dan. So I'm like, no, I, raising my voice about it. I dig Steely Dan. See, then again, see, it's not that divisive because it's like I'm kind of indifferent. It's like yeah, I can lose them or take them. I don't care if they show up on a playlist. I wouldn't like mind. I'd be like this, I but. I wouldn't lose my shit over it. (laughs) So some people, I guess, what do you listen to while you're writing? Do you listen to like the playlist you sent me? Do you go like random hardcore? What do you do? Um, No hardcore. I don't think Um, I kind of, depending on what I'm writing, I kind of like do this annoying obsessive thing of just like having the same song on a loop. If I'm like really feeling it, I'll just kind of loop that and listen to it 300 times. Oh, I do um, that one too. It's just, I don't know. I really like that. Um, yeah, there's a song I really like um, called I Got I Get Overwhelmed by this band called Dark Rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. It's just like, it's so moody. I listen to that a lot when I write and it just like helps me, you know, get into a place of feeling um there's this is kind of embarrassing but this song I don't know sometimes I need like music that doesn't have words so I'm not like distracted Mm -hmm. um and this is really embarrassing but I'm like really obsessed with uh, this song Sugar Storm this track it's not even a song by (laughs) Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross and it's unfortunately from Gone Girl (laughs) Oh, but it's so soothing. Yeah, a lot of great I, music I literally just have it on a loop. Comes from shitty movies. Hey, I like the Twilight soundtrack. The, I have some. Yes, okay. The Twilight soundtrack is amazing. It has like, I I still I would still listen to it. Um, the score of the of the Twilight movie is pretty good too. Yeah, and I was looking into the composer because he like randomly be watching him. I don't even remember what we were watching but he like his name popped up and I recognized it and oh I do remember what we were watching it was like this Reese Witherspoon movie when she was really young it's very trashy and she has like a stalker boyfriend who goes crazy I don't remember what it's called fear or something whatever um he did the soundtrack for that and then I looked him up and he like did the soundtrack for like all like Joel and Ethan Cohen brother brothers movies Mm -hmm. so he he has like a really good reputation, I guess, and like a pretty strong discography. Um, yeah, the soundtrack for that movie is really good. Mm-hmm. The movie sucks, though. Yeah, I mean, Twilight. really, it's just like who knows? Sometimes you have the right sound for a fucked up movie, <laughs> and I would describe that as a fucked up movie. Like you could watch it, but like I just want to hear the songs. I don't know. Yeah, some Paramore bangers for sure. Oh, hell yes. Maybe some, like, Vampire Weekend. Yeah, I'm a hipster. I just admitted it. (laughs) 
Yeah. Although I don't think Vampire Weekend on a Twilight soundtrack. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, they have some good songs on them. I don't remember that one. They had like, I feel like they had Lincoln Park on there and they, I'm like just trying to remember it from memory. I don't know if it's going to (laughs) work. I'm like on Spotify right now looking up Twilight Saga complete soundtrack. Amazing. Um, I remember there was um, a Radiohead song on it. It was like 15 steps that, um, and then there was, I didn't believe you when you said Lincoln Park, but here it is. Yeah. Yeah. You got Florence and the Machine, uh, St. Vincent, Muse, Bruno Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Bruno Mars was on his Twilight soundtrack. Yeah. A lot of Muse, but that's actually because, uh, God, I hate knowing the story, but it's because the writer was basically exclusively listening to Muse while she was writing the books. Oh, that ruins Muse for me. <laughs> Well, you know what? That's just how it happens. <laughs> do you listen to like cool music when you're how how do you run t- no contact? Like are you the main editor? Do you like accept the pieces yourself? How many people are working behind the scenes on that? So, um Elliot and I, Elliot my husband and I started no contact like 11 months ago, I think, to the day. Or no, sorry. Yeah. That's it. Um, yeah, and initially it was just the two of us. And I think um, like a few months ago we got um, readers because we were getting more submissions than we did when we started out. So now we have like um, five or six readers who read fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. And then eventually it makes rounds to us if um, we read everything ourselves too. We just like to have more opinion, uh, more opinions on each piece. Um, but yeah, we, each piece goes through us and like either me or Elliot, like, um, reach out to the author when it's accepted. What is your go-to genre in general of music? In general, um, I really, I, I think we talked about this once, but I think the sad girl genre is like pretty much fitting for every occasion. Um, it's just like, I like good songwriting if I'm just listening to music while I'm making dinner um, or like doing some, you know, just working with my hands in some way. Um, yeah, I, I like lyrics are very important to me. So it obviously music is too. So something I could like listen to that feels like I'm reading a book. I like chatty music a lot. Um, that's not a genre, but I guess that explains half the playlist. Um, um, yeah, I think I also like go back to like pop punk bands a lot which is maybe embarrassing now. No, I feel um, like we're finally like getting rid of that stigma where we're like, we're old enough to own it. Yeah. I love pop punk music and I still listen to the old fallout boy album sometimes. And it makes me, I don't know. It just brings back, brings back a whole different time for me. See, I love fallout boy. Cause they're actually from here. So uh, I know that yeah, <laughs> we actually got to see them before they got really big. 
You get that occasionally. That's you just don't get a lot of big musicians come from Illinois. I'd say like the only other big band that came from here is Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> what got you into music? Um, that's a good question. I was, um, huh. I don't remember like getting into music. I feel like I just like always liked music, but, um, I definitely got into like a specific scene of music because I was on MySpace a lot. Um, I would listen to like old, inter- like I would listen to taped interviews, um, of bands and I was really always into the story behind the music as well. And I would sort of like write down, um, artists that they would reference, um, and sort of listen to them. Um, yeah. And then I, I, I wanted to be like a musician for the longest time. I, like, I, like, definitely tried to scrub this off the internet as well as I could. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, um, I studied music, and I wanted to be a singer. And after a while, like, I got, like, really tired of it. I, like, studied opera, and I got really tired of it, and I just wanted to... I like music, so I thought I would just, like, work in the music industry instead of, like trying to perform myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I did. And yeah, I think it's funny. Most writers I speak to, and I'll say it the same. Most of us wanted to be musicians at first. It's just like the cooler version of writing. It's just like, you're you're still writing. It's just set to music. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) if I could be a rock star, I totally would, but I'm too shy and I have horrible (laughs) stage presence. That's why I don't do readings. Oh my person god! Are we either. just like? It's so funny. Yeah, we're just like rejected rock stars. Now that's what we need—like a press devoted to just rejected rock star press or something. God, the kids who didn't make it are now writing poems and books, basically. Although, like, sometimes you get the other way around where like you have someone who started off wanting to be a writer and then somehow they became a rock star, like Kathleen Hanna in Bikini Kill. She was a poet and she was basically wanting to do like a lot of spoken word work and everything. And then she met Kathy Acker and Kathy Mm -hmm. Acker was like, if you actually really want people to listen to what you have to say, you should just become a musician and just shout it as loud as possible. (laughs) So I I love that story. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many like that. I think, um, like Leonard Cohen was a poet and like he wrote a novel. Um, I think he just fell into music. I don't know if it's the same with Patti Smith, but I don't know which came first for her, but she clearly is like a very good writer. Um, no, I I think she started off as a poet and then fell into a punk I think. I don't know. I think that makes sense. I definitely remember like reading this at one point, but it's been a while. Um, I think she was like, she was very much into the spoken poetry scene in the seventies, right? Yeah. Yeah. She definitely was. Cause she was really into the beatniks and everything too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely remember like them, like pictures of them hanging out and stuff. I love my favorite Patty Smith story is when uh, Allen Ginsberg tried to hit on her drunkenly 
and was actually pissed <laughs> off when he found out that that was actually a girl, not a guy. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I didn't know that, but that's great. It's like the most hilarious it. thing you'll ever hear. Be like, oh, shit, sorry, wrong gender here. I guess I just look very androgynous. My bad. <laughs> That's great. Hey, she got uh, free lunch out of it. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. So how long did this go on? Like, was it just like... I think it was like a one meeting thing. Like, It was a whole meeting. That's really awkward. I know. Like, it's just like right at the end. Be like, holy shit, you're not a guy. Wow. I know. It, it sounds like kind of bad to say it, like with how we speak about gender now, but yeah, he, he was a pretty shitty guy. <laughs> I mean, I love Allen Ginsberg poetry, but yeah. But uh, are you writing anything currently? So I am currently working. I have a short story collection that I'm working on. Um, and I had a novella as well. But now I'm kind of working, I'm reworking the collection so it makes more sense together. And I'm kind of making all the characters one so they're interconnected. Um, and I'm trying to cut up the novella and sort of put it between each story. So there's sort of like a novella continuing through the story collection. But it's a lot of work. So that's what I'm working on right now. I dig that style. Actually, that's kind of what the book I'm coming out with is sort of like. No way. Where it's like, is this a novel? Is this short stories? What's happening? Oh my God. But it's basically like a hybrid. Uh, Chris Campagnoni, I think. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but from Pank, his one book is like that too. Very hybrid. I like that. What is it called? Uh, Holy shit. The internet is for real. Yeah, that's what it's called. Ooh, I'll write that down. Yeah, I was given the book years ago to review, and I only just did the review like a couple months ago. <laughs> See, this is how you can tell how behind I am on shit. I have like a stack of books I have to review right now, too. We need a new like review person <laughs> from Malton House. Oh, my God. I'll keep that one on the podcast. I have a stack of books, too. <laughs> Be like, this is a call. Yeah. Somebody please help us. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's a good gig because you get a lot of books for free. Um, Fuck yeah, see? And that's always nice. Yeah, but it takes a lot of time to read books. It's not like listening to a record or watching a movie. It like takes takes a considerable amount of time and then sometimes you have to reread it. <laughs> so do you listen to any cool music while you're editing or... Yeah, I have some playlists playlists that I make, like, I guess, like, every month. And then I just, like, add, keep adding songs that I'm into, and I'll just, like, have that on in the background. Um, I'm looking at your playlist right now. Yeah. I'm stalking your playlists. Oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> it's very embarrassing. Hot girl songs for moving. Oh, my God, I love the picture. <laughs> <laughs> I went all in again. I I just assume that nobody ever looks at this. Um, <laughs> Yo, no contact staff holiday picks. See, I should have just looked at that. Yeah. Um, so this isn't just me, um, though. I was responsible for the bright eyes edition. <laughs> um, but yeah, we typically like for every like major holiday. So I guess like. Definitely Halloween. 
Christmas. Um, I don't know if we did one for New Year's, but like we try to like have a curated playlist and like a, a, a small mini issue of like staff recommendations of like food and movies and books and music. I like your tall child playlist. Why is it called tall child? (laughs) Oh God. So I was writing a story called tall child, which was about a child actor. Um, And it's also a lyric from a Mitski song um, called first love late spring, which is on here. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and I just, there's that line in it that's, um, I was so young when I behaved 25, but lately I'm feeling like a tall child, and I really like, really like the sound of that and what it meant, and I kind of feel that way too sometimes, although I'm not very tall at all. Um, How tall are you? I'm 5'2". Hey, I'm five feet, so we're good. You're still taller than me. <laughs> Wow, that never happens, but I, I, it just sucks being at shows because I can't ever see anything. Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to kind of almost be like on an angle to the stage to get good views, or you got to like get there very early and be in front, but you have to be the kind of person who's like comfortable with like people just getting like all up on you. Yeah, when I was younger, I definitely like, I used to go to a lot of shows and I would do that. Now I'm kind of, even like before the pandemic, I feel like I was either going to shows that had like a seating section. <laughs> and if not that, I was just like lazy enough to like slink at the back because I guess at least you can see stuff. I don't know. I like don't have the desire to like get sweated on anymore. I like to get as close to the stage as possible, although I'm pretty lazy, like especially like with Blink-182, when I saw them, I was just like, I'm not even going to attempt to get too close to that stage. Like I know (laughs) too many people are going to swarm. When I see My Chemical Romance, I'm not even going to attempt to get too close to that stage. Like some of them, you just know that's like, it's not worth it. I can't get there. But my boyfriend, he hates going close to the stage because he's uh, he's 6'2". And he feels Oh, no, guilty. that's, like, really... Yeah, he shouldn't be doing that at all. Yeah. I hate when tall people... And he's way too tall to be not at the back. Yeah, like, seriously, like, he's just like, do you understand how awkward this is for me? Like, I'm probably making people hate me. And I'm just like, what about me? I can't see otherwise. <laughs> so that's why we try not to go to concerts together as much anymore. But I told him he had to go to Riot Fest with me this year. Yeah, I definitely get that. Who's playing Ride Fest this year? I feel like I saw the lineup, but briefly. They've only announced the first wave. Um, right now, I know that there's definitely going to be Newfound Glory, My Chemical Ooh. Romance, uh, obviously Smashing Pumpkins. They have two more waves that they have to announce still. <laughs> Sublime. <laughs> Run the Jewels, Pixies. I love it. It's oh, like man, all Pixies. Oh, all American rejects. I mean, come on. This is like oh, simple plan. <laughs> this is my high school, man. Oh my god, it's so funny. This lineup is amusing. It's it's great. I'm here for it. Um, What's wild is plan. There are two more waves that haven't been announced. So who knows how wild it's going to get from here? Yeah, they have to bring back the Charlotte. 
Oh my God, that would be so, no, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, they have Simple Plan on there. That's really funny. They also, I didn't like, even know they were around anymore. I didn't either. I actually remember thinking what they've been up to. It's <laughs> really funny. Um, Smash Mouth, Just throw them all in there. Ooh, I actually saw Smash Mouth um, at like a local concert thing i was like and that's how far you've fallen oh boy they also have they? uh is it loop fiasco or lupe fiasco it's lupe yeah i was thinking lupe he's gonna be there too i'm telling you i swear to god they just like to throw random artists or like your genre doesn't vibe with it one year they did like wu-tang clan <laughs> and it's like all right like that's very random as hell Sounds like a good time. I would probably do it if it was safe. Oh, I, I didn't know that it really existed for a long time until there is this one artist that my boyfriend and I really like. And he's like, for your birthday, I'm going to take you because it lands around my birthday, which is September 11th. And yeah, I loved it. Back then it was in Humboldt Park, which is a really shady area that got very gentrified. But once it got gentrified, the uh, festival got pushed out to another shady area. <laughs> I guess shady areas in Chicago are the only ones that will accept festivals. I guess there's more space and it's cheaper. Um, yeah. I think it's also like the neighbors care less. Ah. Uh. Yeah. I know. I always notice like when we're in those areas, like, People just be outside of their houses just selling whatever the fuck they could. So <laughs> my favorite, and I remember the first time I went to it, was there was a kid selling toilet paper. And I was just like, what could that possibly be for? And then like halfway through the festival, I was like, right, everybody has used all the toilet paper in the pot- porta potties. I need to find that kid again. <laughs> oh my God. That's really funny. Yeah. I get it. I support it. I know. That kid's probably more industrious now, thanks to the toilet paper shortage. (laughs) Seriously. It's just probably like always has a stash. Yeah, you got to find your opportunities. Yeah, he had to be like a 10-year-old kid, too. And I was like, all right, you've got my money. Yeah. Do you go to music festivals ever? Um, I definitely used to. Um. That said, I never really, like, I I didn't have a car, so I never really traveled for it. So I've, like, done uh, GovBall for a few years, um, which was always the easiest thing because it was in the city pretty much. Um, And I went to South By. I guess that's not really a festival. It's sort of a festival. Like, it's not, like, the same site, but... Yeah, I did South by for a couple of years. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, went to a lot of shows, but not really festivals other than that. Yeah, I basically just go to Riot Fest and then any concert I can find. That's probably been the hardest thing for me during the pandemic. My boyfriend, again, tries. like Basically, once a week, we just find like a live concert footage on YouTube and he'll buy a cheap beer. And he's like, pretend we're at a concert. (laughs) 
I love that. That's great. Yeah. He's like, you could turn it as loud as you want. I won't care. He's not a concert guy, but he's just like, I'll make the sacrifice for you right now. Drink some PBR and we'll watch this. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I've seen like a lot of virtual concerts. I don't know if you've been to those. No. Um, they're, they're not quite the same at all. Um, they kind of suck, but they're there, I guess. People do go to them. I found out I'm not the only person in my building who's been doing it because we have a common area that has TVs in them. And I was going on and like the first thing that was like on the screen was YouTube. And the last thing that someone had searched was Cage the Elephant Live. And I was like, (coughs) okay, I definitely have someone in this building who's similar to me. I need to find them. That's great. I feel like there's a lot of people who are trying to strike up friendships in this building, but we're all too afraid to go by each other. And uh, So they're just leaving YouTube links? Not just that. Um, There's like a group of people who are definitely trying to be like, see, I'm just like you. Wow, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at it. I was going to give you examples. It seems like every couple days everybody changes their Wi-Fi name. That's very funny. You think they're trying to communicate? <laughs> yeah, because there's at least four, now five apartments that actually have spaceball references as their uh, names, which is kind of wild. Ludicrous speed, ridiculous speed. They went plaid. God, these people are weird. Ours is Ted Cruz is the Zodiac killer. Um, just because I had oh, people I vote it. on it. My niece is predetermined. She's like, no, it's got to be free Britney. And I'm just like, whatever the people on Twitter decide, I'm letting them vote. <laughs> but before that, we were no, just like the it. infinite loop. But we have some good ones here. We have Die Hard, Free Ferris. <laughs> God, the people in my building sound fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. I hadn't checked, actually, and I found one that is just so stupid. Um, there's one that says it burns when I pee, but it's like the letters I pee. Yeah. I love it when people do those. (laughs) So dumb. I love all the punny ones. Like they're so ridiculous. I always think that they're looking them up too, but some people are just ridiculous. And then there's one, uh, van down by the river, (laughs) which is an SNL reference that I'm not sure everyone gets. But yeah, I don't think I actually got that one. Oh, okay. So later, just look that up and you'll find it hilarious. SNL fan down by the river. It's a Chris Farley sketch and he's a motivational speaker, but he's really bad at it. It's fucking hilarious. I'm very excited. But um, do you want to read any of your writing or do you want to plug um, anything or what? Yeah, sure. I'll read. Um, I have a very short piece, so it shouldn't take more than a couple minutes, I think. That's cool. I don't care. Um, I feel like I've been talking so much, I don't even think I could read anything longer without totally sounding hoarse. I thought that was the goal. That's true. But it's like, it's, it's hard to like, read something when you're sounding hoarse. It's just like, I feel like I can't really enunciate anything. And, and then I'll start stumbling over words. I just did it. Um, yeah. So this is called 
Um, Marissa Cooper is proud of what she did and she'd do it again. And, and this is from had Adam loses a bet. So I make him watch season one of the OC. He thinks I'm still in love with Seth Cohen and maybe he's not wrong, but really I miss Marissa Cooper and all the disaster girls on TV. What happened to them? Beach blonde, wild and doomed, abundant in sadness. Did no one want them around anymore? Where have they gone? I was thinking of Marissa the first time I donned vodka in a bathroom stall. I was thinking of her when I tried to shoplift just that once, but didn't have it in me and so returned the lipstick and got accused of taking it anyway. And remember when Marissa said, first of all, you don't know me, and second of all, you don't know me? Some nights I think about how my last name can't cozy neatly into a cute abbreviation like Coop. I want to ask Adam what he thinks of the show, of the TV girl suffering horribly for our entertainment, but he has instead committed to pointing out every typo in the subtitles. Look, he says, it's the wrong it's. Adam doesn't care that Marissa is drinking vodka out of a flask in the bathroom stall, or shoplifting on Christmas Day, or that her mother will soon sleep with her ex-boyfriend, or that Marissa will die in a car crash by the end of season three. And it's fine. He doesn't have to. Is that it? Yep. That is the shortest reading we've had. I like it. I really like that. What is that from? Or are you just standalone right now? Um, no, it's its own thing. It's um, uh, it was for a submission call, uh, submissions call it had. Mm-hmm. So they, I think the prompt was like two hundred and fifty words. I was really, I was watching OC that week. <laughs> <laughs> I dig it. That was really great. Thank you. Do you wanna? plug anything else or um sure i'll plug in we just had a new issue out um at no contact and our first year anniversary issue is coming out on the 20th of may okay i will let you go and enjoy the rest of your day you too this was really fun All right, that was Gora from No Contact. And that was a really, really rad reading. I loved it. If you want to find out more about her, check out her website, gorashecker.com, or look her up on Twitter at Blood and Gora, spelled B L O O D A N D G A U R A A. Yeah, it's really annoying when you have one of those names that's hard to spell or people aren't actually believing that that's your name. But, yep, that's how you spell your first name. As always, if you want to get to know us more, find Textual Healing at Pod Healing and take a look at our website, textualpodcast.com. We are also available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, leave us a review. We'd love it when you send us good vibes. Definitely rate us. We need more. We only have 13 and it makes me feel very unlucky. Check out our past episodes and keep a lookout for the rad as fuck ones to come. Believe me, we have a full slate headed for you over the next couple weeks. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show.